hates the Brewers pitching staff. I do not love their offense. And while there were flashes, especially after they traded for Willie Adonis, where they looked like they were developing into a pretty good offensive club, they really slumped down the stretch. I actually picked the Braves in this series. Oh, God. Oh, boy. might say read the room right talking to a bunch of brewers fans a wisconsin-based show hey say lots of nice things about the brewers go about your day we appreciate that we're not on the do not pick up list on his iphone could have just gone about his day. But no, Jeff Passon is a man of integrity. He doesn't pee outdoors. He tells the truth when he's on the show. And he did. And he was right. We're sad that he was right, but we appreciate the fact that he told us like it was. And boy, was it like he said it would be. Joining us now, it is our friend from ESPN, a man of integrity was proven right and will not take a victory lap of I told you so's because he's a man of integrity hopefully it is Jeff Passon on Wilde and Tausch. Jeff you're right man we appreciate you shooting us straight I just wish you hadn't been I I mean I'm not always right but I'm kind of always right <laughs> I kid, of course, I'm not always right. I was sad to be right about this one because uh, I know Brewers fans had extraordinarily and understandably high hopes for this team. It's very rare that you get a trio of pitchers like Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta who are all clicking so well in the same year. Uh, it's rare that you have a, a closer the caliber of Josh Hader and a, a bullpen as deep as this one, and uh, you just wish that they could have paired some more offense with it because that right there is the beginning of a championship ball club. And I, I don't think the Brewers' window is closed by any means. Um, you know, they may lose Avisail Garcia this offseason, but the vast majority, I think, of, of the talented players on this team are going to be coming back. You just wonder where they're going to get the thunder in that lineup going forward. And, you know, it's uh, – it's a big question for David Stearns, uh, Matt Arnold, and especially Mark Atanasio, who has to, I mean, in the end, really say, yes, you guys have this money to go out and spend. Go spend it and bring me a ring. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Jeff, the whole thing, is you're talking about finding some thunder in that lineup. You're paid... Yelich. I remember you came on and we were th kind of wondering, boy, did Yelich sign that too early? And you kind of, again, were right and said, whoa, 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 that's a pretty good deal. Yelich is struggling. Is it, If Yelich doesn't turn it around, it's going to be really tough for a small market team when you dump that many resources into one player to figure out a way to get your lineup better, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. Like, when we talk about money in baseball, to me, it's a very simple equation. Money doesn't buy you championships. It buys you the ability to make mistakes. And, mm -hmm. and when, you're in, uh, when you're in an area uh, the size of Milwaukee uh, with the TV footprint like Milwaukee, uh, you know, revenues are finite. Uh, listen, no one's crying poor for Mark Atanasio. Uh, the Brewers are still making money, but it just makes it a lot tougher. 
Jeff, um, what do people around the league say when you bring up Christian Yelich's name? Tausch and I were talking about, you know, I don't know how many players I can think of across all of sports who won an MVP and were on track to win potentially a back-to-back MVP suffer an injury and are never the same again he and i don't know how much the injury even factors into it what do people how do people view christian yelich right now league-wide he's one of the biggest mysteries in baseball right now because you look at what happened during the pandemic season and everyone around baseball just says okay if he struggled in 2020 hey we all struggled in 2020 right um the the issue is he struggled in 2021 as well. And um, that's much harder to look past, right? right. Uh, he had a full 162-game season this year to come out and illustrate that he's the MVP caliber player that he's been in the past, and we just didn't see it. And, uh, you know, th- there are always things going on with players, whether it's in their lives or otherwise, that I don't know about. So I can't sit here and say Christian Yelich is not going to find what he once had. People are just waiting to see it, you know? Mm. Yeah, we we all are, and I think the success of this team moving forward is obviously tied big time to that. What about Josh Hader? Because he's been so good. He obviously gave up the home run last night, hadn't given up one to a left-handed hitter in forever. Freeman got him. Is this going to be a case where the Brewers have to make a decision for next year? We're going to ride it, or do you dump for a bunch of prospects? What do you do if you're the Milwaukee Brewers? I'd probably trade them. Mm-hmm. Mm. And and that's and that's listen, that may be a painful thing to hear, but I I think I trade Josh Hader because Josh Hader has turned into a one inning pitcher. And and I'm I'm not saying that disparagingly about him at all. It's fine. That that's the role, that's what he is, that's who he is, that's okay. Um I just look at the value, just the overall value of a one inning pitcher and have a difficult time saying that the production that he's going to provide in that one inning is worth more than the salary I'm going to pay him and the prospects that I could get for him. Because I feel like you could get a haul of players for Josh Hader. And it's one thing to turn around and deal, I don't know, like an everyday guy, a starting pitcher, whatever it may be, to deepen your farm system. But to go around and, and trade a closer when you got a guy like Devin Williams there, when you got a guy like Aaron Ashby, I don't know if he's going to be in the rotation or not, but uh, clearly we've seen the stuff. Uh, when you've been able to develop uh, a J.P. Fireisen, develop a Drew Rasmussen, when you've shown the ability to, to take relievers down in your minor league system and make them productive big leaguers, that to me says that's a skill that the organization has. And so if the organization can turn around and deal a guy like Josh Hader, as good as he is, and he is arguably, and maybe to some inarguably, the best relief pitcher in baseball, I still think that that's the one position I'm comfortable trading from, even if he is the best in the big leagues. Mm. Jeff making a lot of good points. So, Jeff, the, for us in Wisconsin and Milwaukee, uh, this baseball season's over. I know there's still a lot of great baseball left, but 
I've been talking to some folks. I'm not as dialed into the Major League Baseball scene as some. No. No, I'm not. I'm not. As surprising as that might sound, are you worried at all about work stoppage next year? Because I've been hearing some rumors that that might be, there's going to be some issues coming down the road. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I've been talking for two or three years now about the, not the inevitability of a work stoppage, but, but I want to make sure that we distinguish between the type of work stoppage that you typically think of uh, and, and the one that we may have coming here. The, the collective bargaining agreement expires December 1st. Um, I anticipate from everything I've been told at this point that there will be a lockout. Um, that could change. Maybe they get a deal. If they do, great. But if they don't, it's not like games are going to be missed. Uh, To me, the kind of work stoppage that's damaging and uh, deleterious to the sport is one where you start losing games. And I I just don't see at this point Major League Baseball and the players doing that to themselves. Now, granted, um, they could have probably played 100 games in a pandemic-shortened season and they ended up playing 60. So it's not like they, they don't have a history here of losing games or losing potential games to labor discord. But at, at this point, the only thing you would really lose in the off season is transactions. And in reality, baseball's free agency has, has gotten slowed down and pushed back so long anyway to this point that the idea of them coming to some kind of an agreement on the eve of spring training and there being this frenzied period of free agent signings and trades like we have in the NBA and the NFL actually is not the worst thing in the world, and I'd be curious to see how that works in practice. It was certainly interesting when it happened in the NFL in 2011. I remember going through that, covering the league then. Jeff, two things before we let you go. Um, We'll get to how you feel about the rest of this postseason as three of the four spots are locked up with obviously the Dodgers and the Giants needing to play game five. But most importantly, A, don't use words like deleterious because it confuses Jesse immensely. He has enough trouble with people not punctuating their text messages properly. (laughs) Never heard that word before. What we really need to know from you is what font, when you write your fantastic prose for ESPN.com, what font are you writing in? I use Cambria. Tausch was predicting Helvetica, I believe. Yeah, I thought Helvetica fit you a little bit, but why Cambria? You think I'm I'm boring, Tausch? Jesus. (laughs) Not at all. No, no. I think Helvetica's out there, baby. I like Helvetica. I don't know. Helvetica seems seems a little, like, a little staid. Uh, Jesse, do you know that word? <laughs> like a stained glass window? Yeah, that's, exact, that's exactly right. <laughs> oh Jeff, I got to say, I just like saying the word Helvetica. That's why I said it. That's, uh, that's, that's reasonable. That's reasonable. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm, more of a, I'm more of a serif guy than a sans serif guy. So. <laughs> that will be an audiographic coming to Twitter. I'm more of a serif guy than a uh, than... <laughs> You can't Jeff, even get it out right. I can't. I can't. Um, it, it was deleterious to my ability to run the show. Uh, <laughs> well, that tickled Jeff. <laughs> How do you feel about what the final four will end up being? And since you were so right about this series, 
Who is your World Series as you look at it right now? Uh, my World Series pick before the postseason was Dodgers and Astros. I feel very good about the Astros at this point, which is to say nothing uh, uh, about the Red Sox because, listen, they, they've had a very good postseason. Alex Cora is a phenomenal manager and button pusher, and the Red Sox have the thump in their offense. Uh, to get past the Astros. I just think the Astros have a little more thump and, honestly, a little more pitching. They're very similar teams, though. Um, so I think that's uh, – I'm covering the ALCS, so I think that's going to be a good one. Uh, listen, I've liked the Dodgers from the beginning of the season. They were my World Series pick at the start. They went out and won 106 games. That wasn't good enough uh, to win their division. They won the wild card. They're clawing back here. Uh, Logan Webb for the Giants was incredible in game one, and the notion that he can go out and do that again is a very realistic possibility. But the Dodgers also have Julio Arias, who has proven himself uh, a big, big game pitcher closing out the World Series last year, and uh, it's going to be a battle. I think whoever wins, let's put it this way, I think whoever wins between the Dodgers and the Giants will be going to the World Series. And I, I've said the Dodgers in the past, so I'm going to stick with it, but uh, Giants are phenomenal and would not surprise me at all if they won that game too. Jeff, it, it means a lot when you make time for us and you don't ignore Jesse's text. Thanks for keeping us off the do not pick up list, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, man. All right, boys. Take care. That is the great Jeff Passan. He was right.